Friday. Hey, you're Friday. You're listening to Crate, where we bring you hilarious news. I don't know what I'm talking about. Welcome to your Friday, where we bring you... No, no, no. You want me no. to do it again? Uh, yeah. All right, give it here. I keep messing <laughs> it up. I've been demoted. Okay, welcome to your Friday. You're listening to Crooked News, where we bring you crazy news, hilarious history, and the occasional listener story. Hello, guys. Hi. Happy holidays. Hi. We're very tired. Yes, we've been working literally all day. La- literally nonstop. Yeah. Except for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, so. Let's get into it. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going back to reading titles. It was weird not reading them. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> this first one, actually, going to do this one instead. Okay. Switching it up. Yeah. Look out, y'all. Mm-hmm. Thousands of penis fish appear on California beach. What? <laughs> this is from theguardian.com and there are pictures. I thought penis fish were only in the Amazon. Uh, these are actually, they're technically fat innkeeper worms. Ew! Um, what? But they what are they like called? Fat innkeeper worms. Come here. No, they're fucking not and I don't want to look come at here. them. Yeah, come here. I don't want to. <laughs> okay, you don't have to. I'm so scared. Okay. <laughs> you said okay. <laughs> no, they're huge. Thousands huge. of they're them. They're huge. They're huge. They're bigger than hands. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? How would that get in a penis? It's huge. Oh, it doesn't a penis? get in a penis. It's a penis shape. Oh, I thought it was like a par- the parasite fish. You oh, know what I'm no. talking about? No. You, you pee... It- you can't pee, you shouldn't pee in the rivers in the Amazon mm-hmm. because there are fish, parasitic fish, that will swim up the stream of your urine into your penis and it's got spines in it and it will lodge itself in there and you could, like, die. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's fucked up. No. <laughs> uh, this is by Vivian Ho in San Francisco and it's for theguardian.com. And it's beautifully written, so why reinvent the wheel? All so, right. um, fat innkeeper worms typically burrow under the sand, but recent storms have swept away layers, leaving them exposed. Mm. The language in this is beautiful. Mm. I'm not sure. Exposed. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure this is what the weather girls meant when they sang, it's raining men. No! (laughs) No, it's not. Following a bout of winter storms in Northern California, thousands of pink, throbbing, phallic creatures wound up pulsating. That's (laughs) disgusting. Wound up pulsating along a beach about 50 miles north of San Francisco. And there's like a picture of all of these fish. It's literal thousands of them. Thousands of penises. Yep. According to the Nature magazine, these 10-inch wrigglers are marine worms called fat innkeeper worms, but they are known colloquially as exactly what you'd want to call them, penis fish. (laughs) Big old penis fish. Yep. (laughs) They look like weird balloon animals. Yeah, they do. Um, Like, if I saw one, I wouldn't say that's a penis. No. I would say that's a weird water balloon. You know? Yeah. Or (laughs) like a full condom. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes it's yeah. a condom filled with water yeah more um, than it looks like a penis yeah so seagulls love eating these as do otters um other fish sharks and rays 
But the penis fish is a human delicacy to some as well. In South Korea, they call it gable. Okay. Nailed it. I'm sure. Sure. Uh, so the <laughs> next time you you bury your toes in the sand, think about what throbs beneath the surface. That's disgusting. <laughs> what throbs beneath. <laughs> Instead of what lies beneath. Yes. Yeah. Have you watched that movie? Fuck no. It's so good. It's a thriller with Harrison Ford. Mm. How have you not watched No, I, w- I thought it was scary looking. I just, I'm a pussy. It is a little bit scary, but it's more thriller mystery. All right. I'll have to give it a shot. Is it, will it's, it trigger my claustrophobia? No. It's not in a cave? No. What, where is it? What's beneath? What are we beneath? A lake. Ooh. Basically, Harrison Ford... Um, are we underground? You just said it wasn't a cave. How could you be under a lake if you're not in a cave? Oh, sorry. You're in a lake. Uh, what What Lies Beneath is about a girl that's been murdered. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You'd love it. Okay. Okay. You really would. Okay. All right. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. And it's Harrison Ford know, and Michelle Pfeiffer. I love Pfeiffer. him. You, yeah. Oh, and Michelle Pfeiffer? Shit. Yeah, they're oh, married God. in this movie. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to give that a shot. Yes. So, <laughs> this is from... This is I'm from... so tired. <laughs> I know. This is from East Idaho News uh, by Nate Eaton. Okay. Teenager rescued after being stuck in Chick-fil-A high chair. Thanks, firefighters and restaurant staff. Oh, my God. Why does anything surprise me anymore? It shouldn't. I d- <sighs> it wasn't the type of extrication call the Am- Ammon Pol- Fire Department usually receives, but firefighters came to the rescue regardless and saved a teenage girl stuck in a restaurant high chair. It happened. Wow. <laughs> yep. Wow. I fully expected this to be a dude. Does that make <laughs> me a huge asshole? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, no, honey. (laughs) Oh, just wait. It happened Tuesday around 9.30 p.m. at Chick-fil-A in Ammon, where Addison Trent, who turned 16 next week, was enjoying dinner with friends. They ate their meal and then dared one of the young ladies to see whether or not she could fit in a high chair. Um, Chief... She fit. Yeah, Chief Jesse Williams <laughs> tells EastIdahoNews.com she accepted the dare and was able to get in the chair but couldn't get back out. Oh, no. Addison was and with... And the tray wasn't removable? Like, what the fuck? No. Well, I mean, it was, but, like, it. she's it's... completely, like, strapped in. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, God. Addison was with other Firth High School students dressed as cowboys after attending a basketball game against Tenton High School in Firth. They decided to stop by Chick-fil-A and didn't think they would end up staying nearly two hours. Oh, my God. Well, as they were cut out with the jaws of life. Yeah. Good God. You guys. <laughs> as Addison it's remained... It's not enough that you idiots are eating Tide Pods and... <laughs> Whatever the fuck else it is. And you got to dare people to sit in high chairs. What the hell? Yeah. Eat your sandwich and go home. <laughs> Just go home. Just, God. Stop it. As Addison remained firmly in the high chair, her friends tried to help her out. They pulled her arms, told her to run and jump out, and even had her lie on the floor told to shimmy out. Told her to out. run and jump out? Yeah. <laughs> Restaurant employees. What? Okay. I don't know. They're 16, Hang Carrie. on a second. No. <laughs> 
that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Just run and then jump and you'll come loose. <laughs> what kind of cat in the hack backwards ass <laughs> bullshit is that? 16 they're year old stupid. bullshit. No, yeah. they're stupid. They're no. <laughs> they're, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not to victim blame, but. No. They sound stupid. You're <gasps> also 30. Yeah. I, I mean, we're also adults. I used to adults. teach 16 year olds yeah. and I'm saying that this is stupid. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I know. I've taught 15-year-olds, wait, 15s and 14-year-olds smarter than these people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Restaurant employees assisted in trying to free the girl, but were unsuccessful. After 45 minutes, a call was made to the fire department. <laughs> and her friends were, like, Snapchatting and Instagramming this, which, because, of course, uh, they were able to disassemble it by 11 p.m. And um, she... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What? Addison, who enjoyed chicken strips, waffle fries, and a large Dr. Pepper during her Chick-fil-A visit, is sore and has bruises after the high share incident. But I she, she does. She loves the restaurant, according to her mom, and plans to go back and possibly apply for a job. I wouldn't advise that you hire her. No. <laughs> no. I don't really understand the qualifier there. Like, <laughs> just in case anyone was worried, she still likes the restaurant. Well, you should. It wasn't the restaurant's fault you no. decided to climb into a high chair meant for a two-year-old at the age of 16 and eat your weird chicken wings. Like, what? <laughs> None of this is the restaurant's fault. <laughs> no. Chick-fil-A has many flaws, but that was not one of them. <laughs> I would not be applying to the place where I'd ruined their high chair. They'd be like, oh, you're the high chair girl? Sorry, I think we've given the position to somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. All right, let's oh, go. Okay. Delicious chicken aside. Yeah, so last one. Um, <laughs> I don't know where exactly this is from. Uh, this is uh, this was published on News 18. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, it's in India. Sorry. Oh, there we go. So, man arrives late at own wedding. Miffed bride finds herself another groom. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> uh, arriving, Damn. Yep. Arriving late for the wedding proved costly for a groom as the bride canceled the match and got married to another man from her neighborhood instead. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> instead of reaching at the scheduled time of 2 p.m., the groom and the bride... Um, I guess that's his wedding party, uh-huh. uh, reached the wedding venue late in the night, much to the anger of the bride's family. Ooh, that's super rude. Yep. <laughs> According to a report in Times of India, trouble had already been brewing over the constant dowry demands being made by the groom's family, and their late arrival proved to be the last straw. Police said the couple got married at a community wedding in the village of Nanjalit. Uh... Yeah, Nanjalit. Six weeks ago, but the girl did not go to her in-law's house as both the bride and groom first wanted a formal ceremony to take place. Hmm. The bride's family accused the groom and his father of demanding a bicycle and cash, which they were not in a position what? to give. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Say that again. The bride's family accused the groom and his father of demanding a bicycle and cash, <laughs> which they were not in a position to give. A bicycle in cash? And cash. Oh, and cash. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, pay us the amount of a bicycle. Like, 
<laughs> I didn't understand that. Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> Give me a bike and more money. Yes. The groom's family, on its part, claimed that they were beaten up by the bride's relatives, taken captive in a room on reaching the wedding avenue. Oh. The police were finally Shit, called in to intervene crazy. in the matter. Yep. Both, this is insane. Yeah. Both <laughs> the families approached the police. After initial arguments, both sides reached a compromise. However, the girl no longer wanted to go with the groom. There was no written complaint from either side. The matter was resolved amicably, and on Saturday, the girl married another local youth in the presence of village Wait. elders. Wait a minute. It was resolved an- amicably? It sounded like hostages were taken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried. That's... <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, I guess that's common? Yeah. Shit. Oh my god. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but well, she I, was like, okay, well, fuck you. Well, I'm going to marry this other boy instead. Yeah, like, I'm glad everything worked out. <laughs> <Jeez>. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, that was that lovely time. I love it. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for something adorable and a little bit weird? Yes. Wait. Okay. We'll, we'll get to mine after the break. Okay. I just thought those were fun. They are fun. <laughs> they were very fun. You have to stay quiet, though, so that I know where to cut this in the Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> All right, we're back! All right. All right, are you ready for something adorable and a little bit weird? Yes. Okay, cool. All right, so I was, it's, it's election year, so um, I was Googling some weird shit about the White House, and I came across a really fun mental floss article called The Bizarre History of White House Pets. Okay. By Ethan Trex. I'm down. So, are you so excited? Because shit's about to get crazy. Yes. We are not <laughs> just talking about puppies here. We're talking about the crazy shit that super rich white dudes keep in their house. I'm so excited. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Okay. There's a new Portuguese water dog roaming the White House grounds. Now that Sonny has joined Bo, let's take take a look back at some of our favorite White House pets. When was this written? I don't know, 2013. Okay. Uh, Probably Obama, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that was like a weird first sentence. But anyway, (laughs) okay, so Billy. Calvin Coolidge's take a guess at this animal. It's an exotic one. A parrot. Oh, way more exotic than a parrot. A lion. Close. Um, a pygmy hippopotamus. Oh. Just as dangerous as a lion. Hippopotamuses are fucking dangerous. <laughs> oh my god. Calvin Coolidge may have been known for his reticence, but he showed little of his trademark reserve when it came to acquiring pets. After taking over presidency from the death of Warren G. Harding, Coolidge assembled a menagerie that would rival most zoos' collections. He had six dogs, a bobcat, a goose, a donkey, a cat, two lion cubs, an antelope, and a wallaby. Jesus Christ! The main attraction in his personal zoo, though, was Billy, a pygmy hippopotamus. Aww! Billy was born in Liberia, but was captured at a young age. He came into the possession of tire mogul Harvey Firestone, who gave Billy to President Coolidge as a gift. 
Firestone. Poss- possibly Ooh. because Firestone didn't want to feed the critter. Yeah. Even a pygmy hippo is still quite rotund. Billy was six feet long and weighed upwards of 600 pounds. Oh, shit. He was a big boy. Big boy. (laughs) (laughs) Coolidge donated Billy to the Smithsonian National Zoological Park. Since there were only a handful of pygmy hippos in the United States at the time, Billy quickly went to work as a stud, an endeavor at which he found some success. He sired 23 little hippos, and many of the pygmy hippos you see in American zoos today are his descendants. Oh, wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. All right, I'm going to do a couple of these. I'll probably This is kind of a long article, so I might actually bust this up, but we'll okay. see. So, um, oh, hippos are so adorable, but they're so deadly. Like, oh, they're oh my so God. fucking mean. You cannot give someone <laughs> a hippopotamus as a pet. Yeah, no. All right, ready? Yes. The White House gators. Oh, my God. Gators are pests. <laughs> All right, Hubert, Hubert. Herbert Hoover. Yep. Wanted to put a chicken in every pot, a car in every garage, and a gator in the Oval Office? Oh, it's true. Hoover owned a slew of dogs, but those weren't his only pets. His second son, Alan Henry Hoover, owned a pair of gators that were occasionally allowed to wander around the White House grounds. Oh, no. Sound crazy? (laughs) blame john quincy adams for setting the precedent the sixth sixth president also had a pet gator oh my god what the hell guys (laughs) like let's chill just let's not for a second (laughs) the the queen doesn't own gators like no they always just have like corgis like what the hell you guys (laughs) let's chill out his was a gift from the Marquis de Lafayette. It lived in a bathroom in the east end of the White House. Which is fucked up. The poor thing. The poor gator. According to some reports, he enjoyed using the gator to scare his guests. <laughs> <laughs> and who can blame him? That's hilarious. That's awesome. Oh, Lord. That poor gator. Poor boy. All right. Ready? Yes. You ready for our favorite guy? Yes, I'm ready. FDR! Yes! Fala, FDR's traveling companion. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Okay. What do you get? What do you get the depression-conquering president who has everything? Oh. A lap dog! You do! He deserves a nap dog. So sweet. In nineteen forty, Franklin Roosevelt received a Scottish Terrier puppy named Big Boy. Baby. As an early Christmas gift from a family friend. FDR immediately realized that Big Boy was no name for a presidential companion and rechristened the pooch Murray, the outlaw of Falla Hill. After this after a Scottish ancestor. For the sake of simplicity though, he called his new pal Falla. After that, Fala became FDR's inseparable companion and traveled everywhere the president went. The dog, quote-unquote, gave a dollar a day to the war effort, generosity that earned him the rank of honorary private in the army. Oh, baby. I know he's such a good boy. That makes me so happy. He's so cute. There's a really cute picture of him. Oh. I, I can't see. I can't see. 
Oh, baby. Yes. Over here with my daddy. I know. He's so proud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Scotties are so cute. Okay. Yes. Uh, I lost my place. Okay, so each morning when FDR's breakfast tray came in, it included a bone for Fala. Oh, baby. Fala, Fala also made a famous appearance in one of his master's speeches. When FDR was, decry- was decrying personal attacks from his political opponents, he jokingly said that it was okay to mock him, but leave Fala alone. You know, Fala is Scotch, and being a Scotty, he- as soon as he learned that the Republican fiction writers in Congress and out... <laughs> In Congress and out had concocted a story that I had left him behind in the Aleutian Islands and had sent a destroyer back to find him. At a cost to the taxpayers of two or three or eight or twenty million dollars, his scotch soul was furious. He has not been the same dog since. (laughs) Fala stayed with FDR until the president's death in 1945 and lived in the care of Eleanor Roosevelt until his death in 1952. Oh, baby. He outlived his daddy. Oh, that's so sad. Oh, it's so good. Oh, goodness. I think we have time for one more. Okay. Okay. So, Millie. Literary sensation. When George H.W. Bush took office in in 1989, he brought his pet Springer Spaniel Millie to the White House. Okay. The bubbly canine won over the nation's heart so completely that she even collaborated with the First Lady on Millie's book, as dictated to Barbara Bush. (laughs) (laughs) That's adorable! I love it. Oh, Millie brought further joy to the Bush family when she gave birth to a litter of six presidential puppies in 1989. Just as her master helped slip one of his boys into the White House, so did Millie. When George W. Bush moved into the Oval Office, so did his dog, Millie's son, Spot Fetcher. Oh, baby. So sweet. I love puppies so, so, so sweet. much. I love pets. Oh, I just love it. I just love it. Oh, goodness gracious. So many. So many crazy things, though. Oh, yes. I mean, like, I'm just flipping down through. uh, Someone was named Satan. (laughs) Uh, It was one of Abigail Adams' unfortunately named dogs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There were uh, some tiger cubs. Martin Van Buren received them as a gift from the Sultan of Oman. Oh my uh, god. C- Congress um, apparently made him give them to a zoo. <laughs> uh, Ulysses S. Grant supposedly kept game cocks in the White House, which is fucked up. Yeah. Cockfighting is not cool. Um, and then, of course, there's something intensely adorable named um, Socks and Buddy. Those are President President Clinton's faithful cat in his chocolate lab. Oh, <laughs> Just so sweet, BBs. Mmm. Uh, I'm trying to find another one. Oh, uh, Josiah Roosevelt, as in Teddy, also had a pet badger named Josiah. Of course. Because he was <laughs> insane. Um, I, th- I guess Nixon had some stuff, too. I mean, just, it, it's just so funny. <laughs> uh, trying to find another one. Hang on. Real fast. Okay. Oh, oh. Okay, so there's a really sweet picture of... Um, Gerald Ford mm-hmm. with his beautiful golden retriever Aww. named Liberty. Oh, baby. 
Um, so Gerald Ford's golden retriever hung out in the Oval Office and could supposedly read a sign from Ford that she could go that she could go be affectionate to guests. Oh, <laughs> a cute and cuddly way to gracefully end the president's conversations. Oh, oh, just love it, just love it. Oh, someone had a uh, goat named Old Whiskers. Oh. It was Benjamin Harrison's. <laughs> oh, he had possums, too. Oh. Mr. Reciprocity and Mr. Protection. Named Those were the name of his two possums. <laughs> I you told know? you about the fucking possum oh, in God. our... Oh, yeah, I did. I remember because I was texting you about it. And we also, we, of course, can't forget Pauline. Pauline. Uh-huh. The last cow to live at the White House. Oh. She made milk for President Taft. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. I thought that the, I thought that was intensely adorable. Yeah, those and are great. Needed to be shared. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening. We love you and remember, you are not a monster. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Cricket. Music is by Gisla Nebach. Check out our website, talkcricket.wixsite.com slash podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Cricket, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Cricket. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links can be found on our website. You can listen to us basically anywhere you get your podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you have interesting stories relating to our content, please send them to talkcrooked at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on the show. For business inquiries or sponsorships, please email us at carryandkbusiness at gmail.com. See you next time. <laughs>